I'm so thankful for a supernatural, uh, a supernatural life, amen? I'm so thankful for the things that God gives us that no man could give us, praise the Lord. I couldn't come up with stuff on my own, but uh, I, I am very thankful that he has put things on the inside of me. I'm thankful for the teaching I've had that has gotten me here. Praise the Lord, and I'm thankful for the teaching that the Lord has taken me on too, amen, the other things that God has taken me in. And, uh, you know, I just believe that God has good things for us as we, as we step forward in the, the plan of God. I, I just can't see it any other way. You know, uh, somebody once said this, you know, we already have the end of the book. We already have the, the outcome. We know what's going to happen, so we might as well not fret about it. Satan doesn't win, in case you didn't know. So even if it seemed like he's been gaining ground, which it certainly has, and if you live in the United States, States of America, it really seems like he's been gaining ground. Seems like not one person can make a, uh, even a rational decision anymore, and that, that's that's not to be a surprise, praise the Lord. But it's all the more reason why the church needs to be rational. It's all the more reason why the church needs to be able to exhibit the power of God. And and why why is it working out for these people and not the rest of the world? That's because we follow God. See, if you want to follow evil, you want to follow the things of evil and the things that evil does. And it's not hard to look. You just look in our government. You see all the evil that you that that, that, that you can possibly mind. There's something on me this morning. Just have to, just have to bear with me. But the, you see all the evil you you can you can muster. You can see it in the government, uh, especially right now. And you know it's like it's just like nothing can ever come. There's no peace anymore. There's no there's just division after division after division. You know there's lie after lie after lie. I mean you really cannot believe anything for the most part that comes out. Not with the with not beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I'm not saying that to be political. It was really it doesn't it, it holds no political line. There, there, there is a, an enormous amount of liars in our government. Yeah. And they're trying to do things. And now that doesn't mean that there's nothing that is said that's true, so we just throw everything. But, you know, the, it, it does bring up the, the, the understanding that we need to place our importance not in the world, not in the things of the, the earth, uh, you know, not in the things of governments and stuff like that, but we need to keep them with God. Because if you focus on the things that are going on out there, I'm just going to tell you, you give up before Tuesday. It's just the truth. You won't even make it to Tuesday. I mean, I'm telling you what, I, I opened the news one day. I'm like, this is so bad. I kind of wish that I wouldn't, you know. Praise the Lord. I didn't, didn't open it today, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I by and large, I don't know what's going on in the, uh, a lot of times because of that, you know. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. You know, somebody said to me when I would mention uh, we're going to Turkey and somebody started talking to me about how bad Turkey is. And I'm like, I, I don't even know about that. I don't really want to know about that. I just want to know if it's playing to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't really know if it is and if it's just somebody's perception. I'm just not going to go look into it. And I'm going to ask you not to look into it either. But one of the things that I, I am going to ask is that the people, especially uh, the people that that we have with us that pray for us and pray with us, you know, that continually lift up. There's other people that picked up things in that last trip uh, that, that were quite a blessing, you know. It was good to hear it. Um, but I'm going to just ask you to, uh, to, to keep praying because I do, there's some things that I sense, and I'm not going to say what they are right now, but there's some things that I sense about both of these places, and I don't have clarity of what it is, and that's why I'm not going to say anything about it. But uh, I have I, I have a sense about things, and I'm I'm asking people to help help pray that out, amen. To, to get to the uh, to, to to find out what it is, and and I'm not necessarily just saying come to if you know pick up something in the spirit, come to me and start dumping it because we need to uh, 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 you know we need to work. Uh, what's the word? What's the word I want? We need to be uh, we not just mindful, but we need to be skillful at how we we proceed about things. 
how we share things, you know, and how we go forward with things. Praise the Lord. I, I love ministering by unction of the Holy Spirit so much better than I do by what somebody told me, right? Because when you can uh, minister by the unction of the Holy Spirit, it's always going to be accurate. But when, when you do by what somebody tells you, you can be tended to be pulled one way or the other. And Praise the Lord. So, so if you be in prayer about those things, I believe that it's the will of God. It's, the, it, you know, and, and we don't know how all how it's going to look yet. We don't even know what the cost, any of those things yet. But, and that's why we say, you know, if it's on your heart to sow into it, please do. If it's not, then don't worry about it. It's not, and no, there's no pressure as far as that goes. We're not giving, uh, we're just asking, like my wife said, if you do uh, sow into that, please don't take it from somewhere else in, in, in just, uh, you know, that you're already giving because we have to keep the church running too. Amen. Praise the Lord. But uh, God is good. Hallelujah. And I'm excited to get into this year. The Lord gave me direction for, for messages. And, and, and I'm not going to say how long they're going to go. I don't know how long they're going to go. It may be one week. I doubt it. Really doubt it. But uh, uh, we're, we have messages uh, coming forward. We're going to be talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Um, but we are going to be, you know, I've been gaining a lot of revelation on the fruits of the Spirit, what they're for. But, uh, but, but we're going to be talking about this from, uh, we're, we're going to go through the fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. And we're going we're to touch on each one of them. Um, I don't, you know, there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Uh, I don't know if we're going to take one per week. You know, we could take one per week. I could take two weeks to do one. I could take two weeks to do one and then one week to do four. I don't know how it's going to look. I'm not even worried about that. I just know the direction going forward. And so that's what we're getting in, into here this morning. So the message is called Judging, Judging by Fruit. And the first one, of course, we're going to speak about is love. Praise the Lord. Judging by fruit. Now, um, you know, there's a lot of, if you've in our circles very long, you'll hear this phrase a lot. You judge the fruit, judge the fruit, judge the fruit. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I don't always like the way that's used because typically the way that's used is you look at something that is measurable in the sense of uh, you know, outward appearance. So, for example, you could say, uh, well, is a, a, you know, who's a better pastor? Pastor Tim in Jamestown, he has a couple hundred people. Or Pastor Jeff in Mayville, he's got, you know, whatever we got here. We got 50 people, I don't know, 40 people, 50 people. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I love my pastor too, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, the, the thing is, and even and Pastor Tim and I had this, this conversation. He said, you know, I'm no more faithful than you are. He said that to me. And when he said that to me, you know, it was exactly what was on my heart. I didn't want to just say it because I didn't want to sound arrogant or anything like that. But it's the truth, you know. So the fact that there's different amount of numbers there, you can't really, you can't judge it by that. But see, a lot of times people will be like, look, I've got a lot of money, so I must have been faithful, you know, if they're a Christian or whatever. Or I've got a lot of success in my business, so I must have been, uh, you know, I must have been better at doing things. Or maybe I didn't have as much success. And so sometimes in our circles, people try to judge things by what they they can what they can measure uh, uh, in the sense of natural things and uh, you know I just don't think that that's what Jesus was talking about the Bible teaches us that, that we have these things called the fruits of the Spirit now uh, fruits of the Spirit if, if you've ever uh, you know sat around a message of those I've preached about them before I don't think I've ever preached about them the way that I'm going to and I don't think I've necessarily heard him preach this way I'm not saying I'm preaching some new thing or some great you know uh, I just think I'm preaching the words so so and I think you'll be able to see that amen at least that's the heart but when we when the Bible talks about judging the fruit I, I really believe because we're told to walk a spiritual life and so we need to judge our lives by the fruits of the Spirit operating in our lives amen 
Praise the Lord. I wrote this down that being, being spiritual is the goal or should be the goal of every Christian. Why? Because we have this natural life that we lived in, but now we have a new life, and that new life is spiritual. Amen? I heard this this morning uh, in my spirit. I heard the natural is how we live in this world. The spiritual is how we're perfected in this world. So the natural is how we live in this world. We live in our flesh and we do natural things. But if we live by the Spirit, uh, uh, you know, we, that's how we're perfected into better things. That's how we live a supernatural life. You know, in, the, in life there's a lot of things that are thrown at us and a lot of times those things are in the natural. Even the spiritual things that attack us typically attack us in the natural. And so uh, uh, how do we overcome those? We overcome them by the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Amen. And those, the fruits of the Spirit... They're both something for us to partake of, but they're also something for us to judge by. We can judge our life and how we're doing by God's fruit within us. Because if the Spirit is with us, He's in us, then we should exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. In fact, I've been doing this and putting this to practice lately, and especially the last few months, that I've been looking at my life. Do I see the fruits of the Spirit in my life? And for the most part, I do. I see these different fruits in my life. Uh, but then I, I was aware. I was like, oh, for a time I was aware. Well, I wasn't seeing much joy uh, in, in just natural life. And, I, and so that was an indication to me that I had to start exploring why am I not seeing joy. Now, when I was looking into why I wasn't experiencing joy, I wasn't looking, okay, am I having Having lots of fun. I'm not looking at like, you know, was everything going my way? I'm not, I, that's not the thing I was looking at. I was looking at, do I, do I have a sense of joy in my life as I go through life? And when I recognize that there wasn't, I start trying to, I start seeking the Lord on what I need to do to put that back in order. You see, the wonderful thing about the fruits of the Spirit is these are a continual thing. So somebody, you, you're probably never going to say, I live in all the fruits of the Spirit all the time forever because I have the fruit of the Spirit. That's not the way it works. But the fruits of the Spirit are measurable in us, and at different times we can see whether we're in them or out of them. And so that's why I think it's so important, and I believe the Lord led me to do this, to teach on these things, because if we, if we can measure them, then we can look at our lives and we can know areas that we need to tweak accordingly to get, get ourselves back into that. You know, it wasn't long. I started seeking the Lord when I actually it wasn't long right after I recognized that joy wasn't I, I was lacking in that area for a time. All of a sudden, what I realized was that that uh, because I recognized it and I believe in the word, I believe in the truth of the word because I recognized it and I put it before God. All of a sudden it was back. I didn't really have to even do anything because joy isn't something that you always think that you can just necessarily control, um, but you can because by faith we can control all things that we need to. Amen? And although I'm not talking about joy today, I'm giving it to his example. Many of you know that last week I was going to preach a different message, right? I was going to preach a message called joy, joy, joy. Praise the Lord. And uh, I still may get into that message when we get to joy, but just not now. And so I, I but I believe that the heart of it was there. And so uh, God is leading us in these things. But the natural is how we live in this world. The spiritual is how we're perfected. A lot of people come in and they try to just change natural things or just try to be natural. And they think that their life is going to change but it doesn't. We have to deal with spiritual things in order for us to live a spiritual life. Amen? Praise the Lord. And we know this, that when we're living the right spiritual life, all things in the natural work themselves out. Praise God. Uh, Jesus come, said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, for I will give you rest. Right? That's over there in Matthew 11, uh, the end of the chapter. Um, 
there's a few verses there that talks about that. He says, from, you know, take upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, what does this mean? It means people who are, are laboring in life, they're trying to get through this life laboring in the flesh. Jesus said, come to me. Because what, what did Jesus, he's the doorway into the Father. He's showing us a new way. He was the entrance of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit living on the inside of us would lead us in what? the fruits of the Spirit, right? And, and, and that would make sense. So the Holy Spirit is leading us into his fruits. And so G that's what Jesus is saying when he's saying, come to me all are heavy laden and, and burdened, glory to God, and take my yoke upon you, learn from me. Jesus wasn't troubled by anything. He wasn't moved by anything except for love. He was moved by the direction of God as he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He moved in the things of the Spirit. And because of that, Jesus perfectly walked in the fruits of the Spirit all the days of his life. Amen? And so we understand that he's an example to us. And so when Jesus said to come to him, that's what we need to do. We need to learn from him. But coming to him isn't just coming to Jesus and saying, all right, Lord, I'm here. What do we do now? That's not what it is. Coming to Jesus is literally making Jesus the Lord of your life, which literally means not just saying, you know, he's like, well, I made Jesus the Lord of my life and I don't have the fruits of the Spirit. No, it's not just making Jesus, not just saying it, but really making Jesus. What does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of your life? See, I wasn't planning on going to any of this, but this would be, be a blessing to us. What does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of your, your life? It's like, okay, if this is my life, glory to God, represented here, and my wife is Jesus, this is making Jesus the Lord of my life. I walk away from it. I've given it to him, not her. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I, I've, given it, I, I've given it away, and I'm not going back for it. Yeah. Your life, is, my life is now in the, con in, in the control of someone else. To make Jesus the Lord of your life is not to just say a prayer. It's not just to do one thing, but it's to submit to the Lord in all things in your life. Say, Lord, now my life is not my own. That means that you stop living for you. You stop moving for you. You stop doing the things, all the things you did for you, and you start doing them for him. The wonderful thing about making Jesus the Lord of your life is once you've done that, once you've decided to do that, he blesses that life. And see, that's why Jesus says you need to make me the Lord of your life because your life wasn't blessed in you. It's only blessed in him. See, a lot of people are still, a lot of Christians, I would say a good majority of Christians, are still trying to, they're still trying to uh, uh, hold on to the, the, their life and say that Jesus is their Lord, but they're wondering why they're not exhibiting the fruit. They're wondering why they're not seeing the things that God talks about. Why are they not seeing? If you're not seeing peace in your life, there's a disconnect between you and God. It doesn't mean that you're, that, that you're not saved. It doesn't mean you won't go to heaven. God will let you screw up this entire life and still go to heaven. Do you know that? Yeah. He will. He will let you mess up every single plan, get to heaven and have absolutely no fruit, but he'll let you in. Yeah. Actually, the Bible tells us that. Yeah, it tells us that, 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 that if we, uh, you know, that, that our works will be tested by fire and our works may be burned, though the person will be saved. So all the things that we can do in this life, we can do worthless things all this life, get to heaven and say, well, you don't have any fruit, but you get in. Well, that's a blessed thing, but, but we want fruit while we're here, right? We might as well have fruit while we're here. Why would, it, why would we want to live miserable? Why would, now, when, when, listen, it's like if somebody gave you money, if somebody gave you access to millions of dollars, and then you live like a pauper the rest of your life. You live poor. You never had anything. You never, you know what I mean? You didn't eat enough. 
and then you died of some sickness because you weren't you, you weren't fed and you couldn't go to the hospital because you couldn't get taken care of and all these things, you know, and you and you died that way and it would be foolish, right? You'd say, well, you had all that money, you had all that ability, you had all the access to everything you could ever possibly want, yeah. and yet you live like that, you know, that would be foolish. But that's what a Christian is. It's not living in the fruits of the spirit. A Christian that isn't after the things that God has for them is like a Christian that puts aside everything that was bought and paid for and given freely to them. But the first step in doing that is we have to make Jesus the Lord of our life. So every time we're tempted to take it back over, every time we're tempted to get back into our plan, every time we're tempted to make our own way, every time we're tempted to do our own thing, we have to remind ourselves, what fruit do we want? And in that, you can judge the fruit because there's a lot of people that are exhibiting, exhibiting that kind of fruit. But I've seen even faithful people, uh, people that are faithful to go to church and they're faithful to serve and they're faithful to do things, but they really don't understand what it is to have the fruits of the Spirit in their life. You know, you can have, you know, Paul said this, he said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be content, both to abase and how to abound. So Paul actually experienced poverty. I know that rubs on some people the wrong way sometimes. Uh, you, you know, in our, in, in, can be in our circles, you know, people think, well, you should be rich all the time or you're not in faith. And that's just a load of garbage. It's not true. You won't ever found that, find that founded in scripture. But you will, uh, you, you can know that God will always supply you and always take care of you. So if you don't have today, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Yeah. You ain't got to try to figure it out. Actually, one of the things that I found is quite refreshing sometimes is when everything got to the place where it just don't work at all in my life. And I finally just get to the place. I'm like, all right, God, I can't do anything about it. So I am giving up. Yeah. Right. And so I give it up to him. And he's like, great. And I'm glad you gave up. Now I can take over and do what I wanted to do. Amen. So sometimes we just got to allow ourselves to uh, allow ourselves to quit. I know you probably ain't going to hear that in a lot, of, a lot of sermons this morning, but it would help us sometimes to just quit on you. Yeah. Amen? Don't do you. Just quit on you. <laughs> Give up on you because you didn't do it good anyways. Yeah, right. Amen? How do I know that you didn't do it good? Because I didn't do it good and I've watched you too. I know, what, I, I know what not good is and I look at you and I say, you're doing the same darn thing that I did and it's not good, so let's just quit together. In fact, maybe today's message should be I quit. Hallelujah. That's what... <laughs> We're going to do that. We're going to say today's message is I quit. Glory to God. But I quit on me. I ain't going to quit on God. Hallelujah. There's no point in doing that. But God will take us higher. He's going to take us into things. So let's start over here in Colossians. We're going to go into Colossians 1. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a 20-minute introduction. Hallelujah. That's why I love when you just say, oh, I ain't going to give any. See, I don't have to get anywhere today. I just got to get through where I get through. And then next week, pick up what I didn't. Amen? That's a real good place to be as a preacher. Of course, you all got to come back and experience that. But if you don't come back, we're usually going to miss out on the good stuff because I never get into that to the end anyways. Right? Hallelujah. But see, you won't understand the good stuff unless you go through the boring stuff in the beginning. That's ah, not boring. All the word is good. Amen? Colossians 1, 21. Praise the Lord. And it says here, and though, though you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Folks, it should be said of us that we were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. There is no place for a Christian to be alienated from God, to be uh, hostile in mind, and to be engaged in evil deeds. Yeah. Folks, it would take, it would be, it would do, it would behoove you well to take some time and meditate on this verse. What is evil deeds? What are evil deeds? 
You know, it just so happens that Galatians 5, just before it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, we'll get there at some point, I believe, but uh, Galatians 5, just before it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, it talks about the fruits of the, or talks about the works of the flesh. And the works of the flesh could be also translated uh, evil deeds. The, the things that the flesh wants to do that are against God. And if you go in there and you just, you, you just start reading on them and studying them out, uh, you'd be blessed. Uh, well, you might not be blessed because you might look at your life and go, oh, shoot, that's, I got a lot of those going on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I hope nobody in here has a lot going on. But you, but you can understand why things are so rough. You can understand why things in the world are so rough. Amen. But we don't want to be hostile in mind. We don't want to be alienated from, uh, alienated from God is really what it talks about. We were formerly that, but we've been made to be connected to him. And look at what it says here in verse 22. Uh, yet he has, has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present, uh, present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Glory to God. Now, I wasn't going to do this. I think this morning I kind of thought I might do it, so I'm changing this, but we're going to add in verse 23. So if you can pull up verse 23 for us, that would be good too. Look at this, because we like to know that we're beyond reproach, that we can be presented before him, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. But verse 23 actually, uh, uh, you know, actually takes us further. I don't know if it's coming up. Is it coming up sometime? They're, they're, I'm putting a lot of pressure on them just... You, 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 you got to do it so fat. No, I'm just kidding. Just, they'll get there. Praise the Lord. But I can read it. That's there. See? See, that's how I, see all, everybody's looking back there. Come on, guys. And they're feeling, they're feeling the press. Glory to God. You know, they do a wonderful job back there. Glory to God. And that's, that's, that's good. I'm just trying to fill the blank so I'm not just standing here looking at you. So I pick on them. Amen. Sorry, guys. But I do love you. Uh, if indeed you continue, continue in the faith... Firmly established and steadfast. So there's a big if there, isn't there? So if we want, if we're going to be presented before him blameless, we have to continue in the faith. Firmly established and steadfast. And not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. Which was proclaimed in, uh, proclaimed in all creation under heaven. And of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Of course, I'm not Paul, uh, but I, Jeff, was also making, made a minister of these things. And so we need to stay firmly established. That is up to us. We need to stay grounded in the word. We need to desire these things. Faith is as simple as this. You know, uh, faith is one of those things I talk about people. You just you got to have faith. And really, faith comes down to this. is Faith is a determination that you're not going to go in any other way. Faith is when you settle in your heart like I'm just doing. And if you're not settled in your heart, faith is where your mind settles it in your heart. You know how you do that? You tell yourself, I don't care. This is what's going to be. Yeah. That's faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you won't do that, that's not faith. And so if you won't do that, you don't have faith. If you will do that, you have faith. If you say, well, I want to do that, but I don't feel like I can. Just do it. And then you did it and you got faith. That's as simple as it is. That's as simple as it is. It is a determination in your mind Praise the Lord that you're going to do something. If you are determined to do something, you will do it. You will absolutely do it. If you are determined to break through, to do the hard things, to get to where you got, you will absolutely get there. You will absolutely get there. There is nothing that can stop a human who is fully determined. How do we know this? The Bible tells us so. Yep. When you look back there in the Tower of Babel, what, what, did, what did God say? He said these people are all one, of one mind and one language. And now I perceive that nothing 
that they, that they endeavor to do, I'm kind of giving you a chopped up my paraphrase, but nothing that they endeavor to do will be withheld from them. Yeah. That's what God said about, why? Because they're of one mind. Why do you think there's so much chaos in our nation right now? Because our nation was created to put forth the gospel into the world, to provide for the gospel in the world. There's so much division in our nation because what happens is, is when you get people divided, and this is what the devil knows, that when you get people divided, they can't produce much. They're not going to be effective. You know, one of the wonderful things about our nation, one of the things that people try to trash nowadays, and they just certain people because they make money at it, but uh, one of the things that's trashed a lot in our nation nowadays is some of the foundation things of our the foundational things of our nation. Now there there were some bad things that happened. There's bad things in every nation. You know, you take something like slavery. If you think this is the only nation that ever had slavery, 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 you're dreadfully wrong. And most people don't even understand what slavery in this nation was like in the first place. And that's a whole nother topic for another day. But uh, you know, there's still slavery in the world today. You know, there's still, uh, that still exists in the world today, and, and, and yet people aren't, uh, you know, up in arms about that. They're just trying to go back and look at what happened here so many years ago. And, and I'm not saying that, they, you know, we give that all a pass and just say it was good or forget about it or any of that. I'm not saying that because there was some major damage done by that awful thing, uh, praise the Lord, which the Bible does not support, even though certain politicians have said that, yeah. lying to people and just not knowing the word. Well, praise God. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that made this nation so great in the early years was that people overcame adversity, they overcame differences, and they came together in a place to produce something, to make something, to make a better life or whatever it was. And they did it collectively. They did it. They worked together to do it. Even if they didn't always like each other, they worked together to do it. And that's what this nation is. We have always called it a melting pot. It's a melting pot of a lot of different cultures and a lot of different ideas. That's why it was effective. Why is it being less effective today? Because all that the, all, all, all of these, primarily you have a lot of politicians that are driving this narrative of division. And they're all doing it, every single one of them. So if you think your team is good, you're wrong. But they're, they're, they're all, they're just causing division, causing division, causing division, doing, they'll say they're for unity, but then they say, th they do things that cause division. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. That's it. I mean, this is, you, you saw this during the COVID thing with, uh, with, with the, uh, I don't know why I'm on this, but it's going to help somebody, I, I believe. Uh, the COVID thing with the vaccination. Remember when President Trump was in, in office, uh, you had all one side, you know, they, they finally get this vaccination out. And then all the other side was saying, all the Democrats were saying, all oh, that vaccination, I wouldn't take it. Yeah. That's exactly what they said. Oh, well, we wouldn't take that. Yeah. We don't trust him. Yeah. As soon as they got in, into office, what they do? Everybody needs to take this vaccination. No, and I'm not, and then it flipped the other, and, and I'm not saying that you should take it or not take it. I'm not even saying any of that. I'm just saying, listen, they, they obviously we're both lying <laughs> because it was the same stinking thing that they had developed all along. And so regardless of whether you agree with it or not, that's see, that's what I'm saying is look beyond all the, all, the, all, the, all the stuff that people say and look at what the actual truth is. You can't believe anybody because they all lie to you. Uh, praise the Lord, but Pastor Jeff won't lie to you. At least I try not to anyways, glory to God. But you, you know what I'm saying? So you just see that kind of thing. What is that? It's divisiveness. One side said it because they didn't want the other side to win. And the other side said, you know, listen, you know, COVID isn't one person's fault. It isn't one, well, 
It, 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 it's not one, one party's fault. We'll say that, you know, the, the fact that people died, that wasn't one party's fault either. I mean, you just do those things. And so we say all this because, you know, the reason I say these things is because people today are so divided over political, uh, political ideas and they've, they've completely forgotten what God is doing in the midst. We haven't even gotten into talking about love yet, amen? We're just talking about, but this is a foundation. This is the beginning of, uh, uh, of, of this series anyway, so I, I, I guess I could take a little bit. Yes, love does tell the truth, and we'll get into that. That's, that's the absolute truth. Love tells the truth, and if it doesn't, it's not love. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. That's why sometimes it's, it's not easy to be a preacher. Because if you're a preacher whose heart's after God and to do what God wants you to do, you're going to stand in front of people, and you are going to tell them things knowing full well they don't like it. You will tell people things when they glare at you, when they hate you, when they be mad at but you tell them for their own help because here's the truth. We love people. We want people helped. Amen? Praise the Lord. And that's why I tell you the same things. Even, even about the, you know, the, 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 the stuff in the nation that's going on. We can point to so many things. There's so, and there's been a lot of Christian goofiness in that, that whole arena too. People that declaring all kinds of different things and people believing all kinds of different things. Let's, let's just stay in, in, the, in, in the, and this is, you know, people, you know, you're like, well, Pastor Jeff, I'm not really sure how this all has to do with the fruits of the spirit well how are you going to experience peace love and joy if you're divided fighting and in chaos all the time you're not going to you can't have peace if you're all stirred up in your mind and all stirred up in your life and you think oh everything's you know everything's going to pot and everything's terrible you know it looks like it's going to pot but that's okay it can go to pot in the world they just need jesus i i'm under the impression it might get a lot worse before it gets better I'm just telling you the truth. I've been saying that for a while, and I, I believe it with all my heart. You can say, well, Pastor Jeff said it when you see it. But that's not so with a Christian. Right. A Christian doesn't have to live under the bondage of the world. Right. We don't have to live under the bondage and dictates of, uh, of a political party or, 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 or a dictator or anything, you know, whatever we're, we're doing. Glory to God. All we need to do is live under the the conviction of the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, and look for His fruits in our lives and do the things that God has called us to, and we'll walk in the blessed plan of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we, we see this. We were once alienated, but we, were, we weren't alienated, or, or we're, we're now not supposed to be alienated, hostile in mind. Hostility of mind is something that is, is, is really stirred, especially in today's society. You see a lot of people that are hostile in mind. When two people can't sit and talk, even though they have different opposing views, but they can't talk rationally about that, it's called a hostile mind. Yeah. When a husband and wife can't communicate because they're, they're hostile towards one another. You know how me and my wife get over adversity within our marriage? Because we've had it too. How we get over adversity in our marriage is we find the common ground. That's where we go to first. If we're not on common ground, we get on common ground because we look for it. Now, we both have to be willing to do this. Yeah. But that's how we, you have a good marriage. If, if, if we have, you know, marriages in here uh, that are, are on rocky soil, that's how you have to do it. You have to, or, or if you have a, you know, even if you're just one of you is here, uh, you know, you have to seek the Lord on how, what your part in that is and how far you go with that. Um, you can't make somebody else do it, obviously. But the reason that I bring that up it's because if two people are going to be hostile in mind towards one another, both of them, then there will never be a resolve in it. It will never get resolved. The problem will never get fixed. And so if you have ought against anybody, if you have a brother or sister in the faith, if whatever, if you got an issue that you need to get over or, or, or issue between you, you have to first find common ground. 
In fact, my wife and I have had to do this in the church many times over the years, not as pastors, but as Christians. We're in the church and we have a brother or sister in Christ. Uh, actually, you all know the Hermans. The Hermans were here uh, not too long ago. Uh, uh, Reverend Chris preached. Um, you know, we grew up in the faith with them in the church originally, and they, they, they were uh, very, we were very close. And then some things happened that caused a great division. And for many, many years, we couldn't even barely be in the same room together. Um, you know, last Sunday we had them over to our house, and, uh, and he stayed till three in the morning. Uh, she had to end up going uh, to get home. Uh, uh, she, the son, oldest, yeah, the son had to work in the morning and stuff. But, but you know, we we today, um, you know, uh, love each other with all our hearts and are for each other, embrace each other. And why is that? Because we wouldn't let it be. Uh, we wouldn't let it be something that was going to be uh, continually divided. We got to a place where we were on the same page. And what I mean, we were at odd against one another. We, we like got to the point where we almost like you could almost say that we were like hating on each other. It was just nasty. It was just violent. Like there was and a lot of it was stirred in other places as well. It wasn't just that we were. But there was things, you know, there, there's things you ever been around somebody else that you, you, you know that you should be friendly with. But you just like for whatever reason it just can't get there yeah. do you know it's up to you to get over that yeah. yeah praise the lord that's why we're not supposed to be hostile in mind of course hostility in mind talking about hostility in mind towards god but the bible tells us if we can't be hostile in mind towards a brother and not be towards god because if we are towards a brother we are towards god amen and so we need to find the common ground the place to get over now again that doesn't just mean that you allow people to abuse you it doesn't set things up for that you know when jesus was talking about turning the other cheek he wasn't saying let people beat up on you and then be okay with it that's not what he was saying at all amen praise the lord and, and we know that through a lot of other teaching in scripture so uh praise god but uh good good help for us amen Praise the Lord. But when it, we're going to start talking about the fruits of the Spirit now. And for uh, this point after in my notes, they'll be known as F-O-T-S. I'll probably still say fruits of the Spirit. But as I look down, I have to just remember that it's F-O-T-S. It's FOTS. So we're going to be talking about FOTS now. Amen. And the truth, the first place that you're going to hear from God outside of his word will be through his fruit. Amen. God is going to teach you. You're going to hear through the fruits of the Spirit. In fact, if you don't have the fruits of the Spirit operating at least to some level in your life, if you're not, uh, if you're not experiencing those fruits, it's going to be very, very difficult to hear from God. I said very, very difficult to hear from God. And of course, the first fruit we're going to be talking about, we're going to see this here. I don't think you're going to be surprised about it, is love. That's the first one in the order. And, uh, that, you know, especially with love, if we don't have love at the fore, forefront of our life, I'm going to question whether or not what you're hearing is from God. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the first place we'll hear from God outside of his word will be through the fruit, through his fruit. Amen. Actually, if you understand what a pastor or a minister is supposed to be when they get to the pulpit, the reason that we don't just put anybody in the pulpit, we put uh, the, the idea, especially as a, a, you know, like a full-time pastor, you know, different people can sneak in once in a while, but, um, you know, uh, a full-time minister has to be somebody who, who exhibits the fruits of the spirit in their life. They have to be somebody who's, who's, who's walking spiritually. Amen. And part of the reason is that is because a pastor is called to be a, or a minister in general, elders of the church are called to be an example to the flock. And so I can't stand here and minister to you unless I'm first an example in the rest of my life. 
you know, a lot of people, don't, that, that's why the labor, that's why it takes so much, at least in our circles, to get to that place because we don't just let anybody in. You have to exhibit these areas. And we're like, do you know every area of my life has been scrutinized? My giving has been scrutinized. My, uh, my, my love walk has been scrutinized. My, my desire to, to serve has been scrutinized. All of these things are scrutinized before, you, before I was ever put into the pulpit. What I mean scrutinized is, I mean, they were looked at. I was proven faithful in all these other areas before I was ever able to give a word to somebody. And why, what, what does that mean? That means that you can, uh, that the character, because uh, one of the, you know, if you look at 1 Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 3 insists that the character of a bishop or the elder or the leader of the church or the pastor, however you want to say it, insists that, uh, that their character be, uh, be of one of high integrity. That's why it's such a shame when someone fails in that area. Does that mean I won't ever fail in that area? I'm going to try not to fail in those areas. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, and I can't promise you that I'll never make a mistake, but I, I, I do my best to stay out of blatant sin. Yeah. Amen? And the fact that not enough people are, are scrutinized before they're put into the pulpit, uh, it's damaging to the body of Christ. You know, people that don't have a system of checks and balances. I have a system of checks and balances. I ensure that I have a system of checks and balances. Even in times where it seems like I'm not, uh, that, that people aren't checking on me enough, I make sure that there's checks and balances. I go to my board about things. I talk to other people that I trust, other people that, that can, can, uh, can speak into my life. I, have, I actually even have people in this church that, that I have been tasked uh, with, with, with the, uh, the, the, uh, specifically with uh, uh, being able, if they see something that they don't, they don't think is right, to scrutinize it. Um, now, anybody could do that if you don't uh, think that something's right in my life. I think that's important to be able to do. But certain people that specifically that I, I, I've put that weight on and said, listen, you have to and you have to know that it's important uh, to do that. If you see something that's wrong and it's not, if you love your pastor, it's not just to protect the sheep. It's also to protect me. Because if I do, if I start doing stuff, if I start getting in, into error in some way, that's a dangerous place to be. Not just for you, it's a dangerous place for me. And I don't want me to die either. I don't want me to, you know, to, to, to be judged either. And so I try to do things the best I can on the up and up. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God the best I know how anyways. Um, well, I don't know where all this is coming from, but I, I do believe that it's good. All of it does pertain to the fruits of the Spirit. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. It all does apply to love. Yeah, because that's what true love does. Amen? Praise the Lord. So is what, uh, is what I'm doing right? That's a question that we can, uh, that we could, uh, we should ask ourselves as Christians. I ask this question of myself all the time. If not daily, almost daily, sometimes multiple times daily. I don't just ask it of myself, I ask the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I even ask others as well. I ask my wife. Sometimes I ask others, what did you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, I, 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 I scrutinize myself constantly is what I'm doing right. And there's, a way, there's two ways that, 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 we're in, that pertain to this, this message that I can say that we can judge these things by. Of course, we can, we can ask other people, but did you know that other people aren't always gonna see the, things, the perfect things either? So not everybody else is always gonna see the truth. And you can get to a place in life sometimes where you don't have anything else to judge except between you and God. And what do we do? We go to the fruits of the Spirit, amen? 
And I think that if we judge this constantly in our lives, if we judge the fruits of the Spirit continually in our lives, then we will be able to keep ourselves more in line with where we should be. Is it from the fruit of the Spirit? Glory to God. That's one way that we judge it. And another thing is, is it producing the fruit of the Spirit? So is it from the fruit of the Spirit? Is, you know, I'm going to act this way to somebody. This person really ticked me off, yeah. right? So I, 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 so I go to the fruits of the Spirit and I say, okay, before I step out and lash out at this person, I'm going to look in the, does this emanate, me, this action I'm about to do, does it emanate from the fruits of the Spirit? You say, well, I don't know what all the fruits are. Well, by the end of this, you should know what they all are. Praise the Lord. Um, but uh, does what I'm doing emanate from the fruits of the Spirit? Is the birthplace of it the fruits of the Spirit? In other words, can I do this in peace? Can I do this in joy? Would, would this be love? If I act this way, am I acting out of love? See, that would stop 99% of the wrong things we do. You don't even have to get on to the rest of the fruits of the Spirit. If you will simply endeavor to act out of love and always out of love, of course, what the Bible definition is love, and we will get into that. I doubt highly this week, but probably next week, definitely next week. Um, but uh, if you would judge what you're about to do by the basis of love alone, 99% of your wrong actions, and I say 99% not because it's an actual number, I say 99% because I'm saying most, almost all of our problems can be fixed by walking by the love walk or the walk, walking in love, amen? According to the biblical definition. Now walking in love does not necessarily mean that you're always going to be pleasant. It doesn't mean that you're also always gonna agree. It doesn't mean that you're always going to uh, give a pat on the back. Uh, that's not what love is. Love, and we're going to get into what love is. We're going to look at it carefully because it's very important that we do. And I'm going to tell you, if you have issues in your life, if you have against, against somebody, if you have a problem with somebody, what you need to do, especially before you deal with them, is you need to get into 1 Corinthians 13 and you need to read it over and over and over again. Actually, this was some of the best advice I had ever heard somebody give about marriage problems. If you're having marital problems, the first thing that you need to do before uh, every morning when you wake up is you need to get into 1 Corinthians 13 and read it, let it settle in you. Now, you can't always stop what other people do, but you can control what you do. And what you do doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to yield to someone else. It doesn't mean that you're always going to just allow them. I, I say this over and over because I want it to be clear that... Although love is long-suffering and sacrificial and it gives up what belongs to it and, and love doesn't just go trying to get what it deserves, praise the Lord, although all those things are true, love does not also, it does not mean that love suffers purposely suffers abuse, allows someone to be abusive towards them. And that's an area, and I don't care if it's church, I don't care if it's a spouse, I don't care if it's a, uh, a child, a parent, I don't care if it's a, 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 church, a, a, a church leader, I don't care what it is. There is no such thing as an okay abuser. Right. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. So we're just going to swipe that, keep that right at the forefront of it all. If somebody is being abusive, it's not okay. But how we operate accordingly or how we deal with that, you know, sometimes takes some walking out. So, so the other thing is, 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 is it producing the fruits of the Spirit in my life? How do we know if it's producing the fruits? Well, if I'm doing this thing, but I'm, but I don't, uh, but out of it, I'm not seeing, you know what I mean? Like, okay, say, say you're like, okay, I'm led into a, a business venture. 
Okay, that, that, that could be a pretty blanket statement. Uh, husband and wife. Actually, I'm going to give a better example. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to something that happened with me and my wife many years ago. My, many years ago, my wife and I had to be at this event. Um, and because of the nature of the event, and I'm keeping it vague on purpose, but because of the nature of the event, we had to attend, and she was somebody that was uh, at the event that had to be, um, more, had an obligatory role. So she was somebody who had to be more in the, the you know, there, so to speak. And it became very evident through the course of this event, which lasted several hours, uh, it became very evident, increasingly so, that, uh, that there was a lot of just bad stuff happening there. Now, when I say a lot of bad stuff happening there, we weren't partaking of bad things, but there was a lot of things happening around us. And as the night went on, because of other circumstances, it got worse and worse and worse. And as it got worse in my spirit, I was getting more and more smoted. It was, I, I was just like, uh, I just had, uh, like, oh, just like, uh, we got to get out of here. It just, it isn't right that we're here. Um, you know, we have to, we have to move on. And I kept going to my wife and I was like, honey, we, I, I don't think we can, we can, uh, we can be here anymore. And my wife was under this extreme pressure of being obligated and not so much uh, just because of her word, but because of the situation itself. She was obligated at certain things. And it got worse and worse and worse. It finally got to a place where we just, we, we, we had to leave. But we learned a really good lesson from that. Both of us learned a really good lesson from that. And that was that if we, and we made this decision from that point on, and we, I think we've upheld this, right? Um, that, uh, uh, that if either one of us was ever uncomfortable with a situation, not just slightly uncomfortable, but if we started getting to a move to a place where we were really being uh, convicted in our heart by it, that without question, even if the other one didn't feel the same way, without question, we, op we, we, we get ourselves out of it. And we have had to do that many times. There was a time uh, in, in uh, my wife and I were living in, in uh, Jamestown still. Um, and we were we were there, and, and you know I was starting to uh, be uh, uh, you know more faithful in my Christian walk. I don't think we were pastoring yet, and um, there was this uh, young woman from my past that you know because I was posting things on Facebook and stuff at the time about my faith and just different things and trying to help people a little bit. And uh, there was this woman from this young woman from my past who reached out to me, and and she was somebody that was troubled. And I actually I was very good friends with her. Uh, with her father, um, he was a very close friend of mine who actually ended up dying, uh, uh, you know, prematurely, not when he should have, and it was a sad moment and stuff. And and so she was kind of, you know, left. Uh, uh, she wasn't a whole lot younger than me, but she was kind of left by herself and stuff. And and so she she started coming back. Uh, she saw these things, so she started asking me uh, questions about about my faith. Uh, it started spiritual, you know, just like she started asking me questions like I see you, you know, you're posting this stuff and she's like, I really, you know, I, I really feel like this is what I need and stuff like that. And so, of course, I, I, I don't have conversations with with uh, women without my wife knowing what they are. So if you're a woman and you've sent me a message or something like that, it's not necessarily wrong. But if you do, just know that my wife sees it. And, and even if I didn't show it to her, which I always try to, um, uh, very rare that I haven't, even if I, I haven't, she has access to my phone and can access it any time that she likes. Um, so that, that's just a rule that we have. Um, but it keeps things clean and keeps us uh, blessed, amen. Yeah. 
praise the Lord. And so uh, uh, she, uh, uh, you know, I, I shared that with my wife. We were actually laying in bed one evening and we were talking about this. And, 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 and this young woman was, you know, she's telling me about the things and then all of a sudden it started turning a little bit. And, and she started, you know, like, you know, I wish my husband was like, you know, was more like this and stuff like that. And, and, and I didn't, at the time I was trying to think the best. I, I wasn't, I wasn't attracted to her. I wasn't trying to have a relationship with her, but I, I, I really wanted to help her, you know? And, and because I saw, and I had prophesied over me that I would uh, even be able to help people from my past. And so I thought this was an opportunity for that. But then, you know, all of a sudden, um, uh, this, this young woman started, uh, she'd be out for a walk, casually out for a walk, and she'd walk by our house. We'd be out there and stuff like that. And, and I, at first, you know, I, I was trying to think that I, I really wasn't thinking anything, but my wife was very, there was something about it that wasn't right. And she said to me, this isn't right. And uh, she said, and, and nothing had happened, nothing, uh, you know, uh, had happened between us. It wasn't anything like that. Um, nothing I had said that she uh, didn't approve of. But there was just some things, and you have to, early on, and of course, I'm giving you the story after the fact, but there was a lot of things, you know, leading up to this that uh, uh, it wasn't as obvious as it seems even as I'm telling it right now. Um, and so my wife said, there's something about this that's not right. And I didn't sense it. And so finally, my, my response was this, I think, to her, some, something along those lines. I was basically like, yeah, we'd be happy to take you to church. And I started talking about my wife and how my wife would, would love it. She'd be great for you to talk to because she could help you walk through these things and stuff like that. And then after that, we went, we went dead silent. <laughs> and I don't think that I've heard anything again. Of course, you know, uh, you can probably figure out things from there. Um, but uh, the point is, is that I didn't sense anything in that, but my wife did. And because my wife did and she had to check about it, I had to listen to it. That's happened more times than I can say. There's been other times where, where, oh, what's that? It's happened as a pastor. My wife's noticed something. She's like, mm, 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 we got we to gotta deal with that. And so, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, not, not that I'm doing something wrong, but other things are happening wrong. Around, you know what I mean? And I could go into more details, but it might give things away. Nobody in here, so praise the Lord. But, you know, you know people with ulterior motives, the people that aren't thinking right. And so all of these things, you know, we, what, what is that? There's, 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 there's spirit, uh, the spiritual fruit that works on the inside of us, leads us and guides us. Uh, one of those things is peace and lack of peace. And so I'm giving kind of an overview this morning. I guess maybe I should have kept today's as just an overview of fruits of the spirit, but we'll... We'll mention love a few more times so we can just get it in there and say that I preached about it. <laughs> but you understand, but, but really it is an act of love to, to operate, uh, you know, for us to operate that way, to make the decision that like, even if I don't see it. Now see, when I say it wasn't just a matter of me, like, oh, this is a friend, I just have to give up. No, this was somebody I really felt like I, w I had opportunity to help. Yeah, yeah. And my heart is to help people. And so to just walk away from that was kind of a major thing. But my wife saw something more, and it wasn't my wife being a jealous wife. My wife isn't a jealous wife. Um, it wasn't just like, oh, she just didn't like that some, some female was talking to me because, you know, I've talked to females in this church and my wife could give a rip if I'm talking to them. And I've seen her talking to guys and I could give a rip. Of course, we you know, always want to keep things right and stuff. Uh, but, but, you, but you understand that, that, that these, are, um, the, these are very important things for us to walk in, but the fruits of the Spirit will get, guide us and lead us. And if, if it's producing the fruits of the Spirit in our life, 
glory to God, then we can have a good idea. We know it's not sinful. It's producing the fruits of the Spirit. We know, have a good idea that we're on the right track. So in the seven and a half minutes we have left, <laughs> why don't we start looking at what the Bible says about the fruits of the Spirit. So turn with me to Galatians 5. Praise God. Galatians 5, and we're going to go to verse 22 and read through verse 24. Now, you know, we present the word to you, of course, and then uh, when, when, when I'm presenting the word, we also present, um, you know, sometimes it's stories out of our life. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, other things. And that's all, that's all very scriptural. Actually, you know, that's what the Bible is. It's, it's one person talking about one thing that happened spiritually and giving an example of it. And the Bible tells us that we're to be examples. Over there in 1 Peter 5, tells us that we are to be examples to the flock. And so, so we need to be, give examples of these things. But our goal is that when you leave here from hearing any message, that you would leave here with an understanding of how it can apply to everyday life, knowing that it doesn't only apply in one area, but it can apply in multiple areas, but you can start seeing a, a, a vein. Amen? So Galatians 5.22, um, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. I love that it says that the fruit of the Spirit is. I actually have that part circled in my Bible. The fruit of the Spirit is. So when it is, this is what it is. So when you know what it is, you can also know what it's not. So if it is these things, then you can know it's not the opposite of these things, right? So the first one, of course, there is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. I mean, not that the rest aren't important, but you could stop it right there and you could spend some time just meditating on that. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit is, in fact, I would highly suggest this for you as we go through this series of uh, this, this topic and we, and we hear about these things. I would highly suggest if you want to fill yourself to a place of understanding and, 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 and have God really working in you, take the message that's preached and do just that. Yeah. Take this this week the fruit of the Spirit is love. Yeah. And start meditating on that. Start saying it. Start speaking it out of your mouth. Start talking about it. Start looking at it. Start reading the Bible. I mean, I've already given you some examples of where we're going to go, but there's no reason you can't go there at a time. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. Find out all about love. Get it in you. Read it. Like if you, if you, you say, well, I only have a few minutes every morning. Well, you, can, you, you certainly have a few minutes where you can open the Bible to Galatians 5.22 and you can say to yourself, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Yeah. That's going to help your day. It's going to help your week. It's going to help your life. Yeah. You say, well, I need a lot of other things too. It will help your day. It will help your week. It will help your life. If you can just get there, if we never got any further than here, if we only could ever stay here on love, my, my brothers and sisters, I can put before you that I believe if we could truly act in love, we would always see the rest of the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Yeah. It would be easy. Yeah. But the fruit of the Spirit is. We know what it's not. We know what it is. It's love. And it's not just love the way the world. The world doesn't know what love is. Most of what the world, love, most of what the world says is love is actually called lust. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, um, true love... The Bible tells us we're going to get there. Never fails. Love never fails. That's what the Bible says. If love never fails, then how can somebody fall out of love with somebody? It, it can't happen. That's, that's, a, that's a falsity. They left love. They let love go. 
They stopped acting in love, but they didn't fall out of love. You say, well, I, I don't feel the same way about the person I did before. Yes, you don't have the same passion you did before. You don't have the same lust that you had before. You've given up. If there's anything I've learned about marriage, it's that you have to stir up love. I love my wife with all my heart. She loves me with all our heart. But if you think that even in that situation, we ain't got to stir it up all the time, glory to God. Yeah, absolutely. I stirred it up this morning. Not in a bad way. No, I didn't. No. Uh, listen, I came to church pure, just so you understand. But, but, but I, I, stir, I, I looked over at my wife and I was blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise God, hallelujah. What is it? I, I just started, I was just let, I was, she had a hand and uh, I was flirting with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, praise God. Sometimes people got to know how to live a little, you know. Just, praise God, hallelujah. But you, you, you know, we, we, we purpose to, we, we purpose to live this life with, with God at the forefront of it. And if you do that, your relationships become better. Now, listen, if, you have a, if you've had a failed relationship or you have a relationship that's hard, this is not to make you feel bad. Because I've had failed relationships before. She had failed relationships before, and thank God we did. Because if we didn't have a failed relationship, we wouldn't be here, and I'm so much happier because the best of the best before was nowhere close to the best of the worst now. Yeah, yeah. amen. That's just the truth. Um, but that's two people that are walking in line with God. But listen, it doesn't just have to apply to, to marital relationships. I share that because I have to be an example. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, this is how we walk in love. We practice with each other so we can live in the world the way that we need to. You know, because if we can make things right, but this, you, can, you can look at it like the church. If we, you, you and I can love each other, if we can find a way through our differences and love on each other, we're going to be more effective when we go out in the world. We're going to be more effective when we go home and we're with, with our spouse, even if our spouse wants nothing to do with this, you know, or to deal with that hard family member. You understand these things don't stay in one place because God's love doesn't stay in one, one place. God's love, he gives us these examples so we can expand out from there. But we stir up love. People don't fall out of love. That's garbage. There's no such thing as that. You choose to love, you choose not to love. That's why it's so interesting to me, all these things that people are fighting for in the world today. They want all these, these relationships, but, but most of them end up in, in, in some kind of, uh, you know, breakup over, you know, just you take, I'll just be honest with you, the, the average homosexual relationship doesn't last for more than a few years. The two is the average, and, and, and most of them have um, many, 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 many partners over a lifetime. What is that? Oh, love is love. No, it's not. Not the way you're saying, lust is lust. Well, okay, that, that's true. That's what they mean. They don't know what love is. The world doesn't know what love is, and that's because the church has kind of forgotten what it is. You know, people have forgotten. The people of God have forgotten what it is. You know, love is also not standing out there uh, 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 debating every homosexual, telling them why they're going to hell. That's not love either. You know, it's not acceptance of it, but it's also not killing them either. You understand? And so there's balance to these things. There's balance to all things, and we, we have to find that balance, but we have to discover, I believe this, that the church has to rediscover what love is. Because yeah. if the church knows what love is, it's not going to be hard to pray for somebody that's in your church. So brother or sister. If, if, if the church knows what love is, it's not going to be hard to act right when, when somebody's acting wrong towards you. Right? right? Yeah. This, this is what it is. 
Husbands and wives. I, you know, I, I, I give them the, the marriage, the, the, the marriage issues come down. If both your, both the husband and wife are in church, I can give you, I can give you the answer. Premarital counseling right now. I'll give you the answer right now. It's called love. You act in love toward one another, the true definition of love, and you will have the perfect marriage. That's it. That's it. Both of you have to do it. But if both of you do it, you'll have that. So if both of you make a decision to act in love, praise the Lord. We're going to get into what love is. Like I said, not today. But if you want to kind of get a preview, read 1 Corinthians 13, because we're going to be going there next week. Amen? Uh, But but, uh, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's no rules. Aren't you glad? See, when Jesus said that the truth will make you free, this is what it's talking about. It doesn't mean that you do whatever you want to do. It doesn't mean that you get to go out there and party now because Jesus has made you free. That's called stupidity. Right? And that ain't love. Just so you know, those things aren't love. That's not operating in love. That's not operating in peace. That's not, see, against the fruits of the Spirit, there's no law. You operating in the fruits of the Spirit, you are free to do whatever those things call you to do. Now, we have to put balance to that. It's got to truly be the fruits of the Spirit. That's why it's important to learn what it is. Some people are like, oh, it gives me a lot of joy to go out on St. Paddy's Day and get trashed and you know go, go bar hopping just like the, the rest of them. Well, guess what? That's, that's, not, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's not true joy. That's false joy. It's, that's equivalent to lust and love and marriage. Amen? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So the time's up. Hallelujah. But let's, let's end on this note. Uh, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Amen? And so we understand this is a good place to start. We got, we got into the fruits, praise God, we got that far. But you, you understand, I think you can understand, uh, if you've under, heard the message today, you can understand why I really want to take the time and get into these things good. And really, so we really, because if we have a firm understanding of this, everything that we do, because there's no law against those who are operating in the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. No law. Amen. No law. Everybody say no law. No law. There's no rules. Man, the fruits of the Spirit are like, that's where the blessing of God is. That's where the direction of God is. That's where the knowledge of God is. All the things that we want in life, praise the Lord, are wrapped up in the fruits of the Spirit. Glory to God. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God uh, provided us a way? And I'm so glad that we are starting 2023 in one of the best, probably one of the best kinds of ways that we can start with this idea of, of experiencing the fruits of the Spirit in our life. Because if we go at this year like this, we'll have a different year no matter what's happening around us. You know, when I say year re- reviving, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be revival and that everything's going to be exciting. I'm not saying it's not. I don't know what it's going to look, that's going to look like. But I do know this, that we can be revived in the midst of whatever is going on. And that's what I want. And that's what you want. Amen. We can't change what they do, but we certainly can be happy while they do it. Because we can be happy in, in, in the Lord. Amen.